Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. How's everybody doing? You're clapping now. I hope you're clapping at the end too, so we'll see. <laughs> Maybe it'll be just as good. I've been trying to, I've been listening to those announcements the last month, and she calls it a bougie breakfast. I've been trying to fit that in my vocabulary a little bit. And so <laughs> my friend bought this Apple Watch the other day. He lives up in Oklahoma where I'm from. And I told him he was getting bougie on me, and he just kind of looked at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so I'm not able to add that to my vocabulary yet. So most of my people I hang out with don't know what I'm talking about. But anyways, I'm trying to extend my vocabulary. It's just going to be slowly. So anyways, we're still talking about red letters um, today and the teachings of Jesus. And the teaching that he, he just taught me to pick something from the the teachings of Jesus, and I chose healing. Um, one of the reasons I chose it, because he hadn't spoke on it yet, and it's about the only thing he hadn't spoke on, so it's about all I had left. <laughs> but anyways, so I'm talking about healing today. No, that's not true. I really felt led to, to pick this subject and to talk about it today. And I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about it, but I'm learning about it, and so we're all learning today. So give me a break if it's, you know, something that, it's not quite right, but if you want to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5 and verse 13, and I think this is a, I'm going to share with you a couple of scriptures that I think are foundational for uh, healing and to even receive healing from the Lord, and this one is the first one in Luke chapter 5 and verse 13. Um, Many people have a lot of different philosophies on healing, and I'm not here to even try to challenge any of that. I'm just here to, to read to you what I do know, and to um, hopefully we can both again learn. But in not Mark chapter 5, but uh, Luke chapter 5, and in verse 13, I'll get there in a minute. Y'all are probably already there waiting on me. Yeah, here I am. All right, Luke chapter 5 and verse 13. <clears throat> Let me go ahead and back up to verse 12. This is a, uh, this guy asked Jesus a question here. He said, And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, can you make me clean? Have you ever had that question when you were sick, especially if it was long term? You know, if you were sick for a year or two or however long it was, you sometimes get into debating whether, you know, is this God's will for me to be healed now because it's been going on for so long. And sometimes questions like that come into your mind, like this guy, he was uh, full of leprosy, so he didn't, he's had this probably for a little while. He's probably been suffering from this leprosy for no telling how long. So he's wondering, you know, he's been sick for a certain amount of time, and he's wondering, you know, is this really God's will for me to be healed? And he's struggling here, and so that's what he had. He don't just go up to Jesus and say, hey, would you heal me? I heard you healed people, and you did that kind of thing. But here's what he said, and y'all have already read it probably because it's already up there, but maybe not. He said, then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. 
And I read this scripture because I think it's important to, you know, if you've been sick for a long time, or if you've been sick for five minutes or five years, it doesn't really matter, to know that it is God's will that you be healed. That it's, that it's, he wants you to be healed. You know, how of you, if you probably have kids, how of y'all have kids, any of you, a few of you? You gotta have, I don't have any, but some of y'all probably do. And if your kid was sick, you think your kid would have to come ask you, you know, do you want me to get better, mom, dad, do you want me to get better? Do you want me to, um, you know, feel better? And if you told them, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach you something here. You know, if you'll be sick for a couple of months, I think you'll learn something here. How many people would think you were a bad parent if you did that? Everybody would think you were a bad parent if you came to your kid and said, look, you're going to learn something from this, and, you know, I'm trying to help you, and I actually made you sick, so, you know, this is, <laughs> I'm a really great parent here, and I really love you, and I'm really trying to help you here, and you'll see the bigger picture later down the road. Well, no, that's not a very good parent. That's not a good parent at all. You want your kids to be everything that they can be. You want them to be better than you were. You know, you want them to have things that you didn't have. You want them to do things that you weren't able to do because of financial reasons, whatever reason, you may not have been able to do something. So for us to think that about God would be foolish in my mind. To think that he wouldn't want me to be whole and healed and, and set free or whatever issue I have in my life, for me to think that it wasn't his will would be crazy in my opinion. And so that's, I read that again to say this, that if you are struggling with that, know that it is his will for you to be healed. And he wants the best for you. And he's not <clears throat> this mean guy trying to, you know, learn something and, you know, make an example out of you. You know, like they do at work sometimes. We had this guy the other day, he was texting on his phone and he got fired because he had a wreck. And anyways, that's company policy. But it kind of makes everybody else see, I'm not going to get on my telephone and drive a semi 70 miles an hour down the road because uh, there's some major consequences to it. And that's, in the natural, that's the way it is. And a lot of times we take the natural and try to make it, it fits into our, our, in our spiritual life. And a lot of times they're not the same. There are a lot of differences in our spiritual life and our natural life. We don't, you know, God don't try to make an example out of you to to teach everybody else something else, something from your sickness or from your, your bad things happening in your life. Now, in Romans 8, 28, it says that he works all things together for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. Just because it's not his will for me to be sick and not his will for me to be all these things doesn't mean he won't bring something good out of it. You might meet somebody, something may happen through that. So that is true that he can work all things together for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. So that's the first thing that I, in my own personal life, that I feel like was uh, something that I needed to see and realize for myself that it was God's will that he wanted me to be healed. And it was his will to heal me anytime I have any kind of sickness or any kind of problem in my life. And over here in First Peter, this is the second thing that I think is uh, even foundational in our lives. Uh, I say Second Peter. I think it's First Peter, two twenty four. And this is um, a scripture that we're all familiar with. I think that we probably all read this, and I've read it. And I'm just going to read it to you again. So he says in First Peter two twenty four. It says, 
who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. How do you believe that your salvation is not dependent upon you doing something right? Upon, you know, you living holy, you doing this, doing that. It's free. How have you, we all believe that it's free. I think most of us probably do. And we believe that our salvation is free. We don't have to earn it. You know, even if we mess up, we don't lose our salvation. We don't, you know, all these things that, that I've even went through my own, in my own life that I went through a period of time where I thought I would lose my salvation every time I sinned. And I came to find out I sinned a lot. So I never could, my salvation. So anyways, I kind of got rid of that theory. It didn't seem to work for me. But I think most of us know that our salvation is not dependent upon us, and it's paid for. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to purchase it. We don't have to buy it. But he says on here that, that having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So the same time that Jesus died for my sins, for the sins of the whole world, he died for my healing too, and he paid for my healing. So my healing is paid for as well as my salvation, and we can't separate the two in the sense of how we relate to it. We have to relate to it the same way in order for it to be effective in our lives is knowing that it's paid for. I don't have to earn it. You know, I don't have to eat right and exercise and do all these things to be healed. And I personally don't participate in any of that myself. But <laughs> you have to know that, that God's not looking at you like that. Don't get me wrong. Some of those things are, those are good for you. I mean... Personally, my belief system on it is, and this is an opinion, so you don't have to write this one down in your notes, but is, you know, I'm going to eat cheeseburgers and french fries and live about two years less than all of you eating rice cakes and salads, Amen. and I'm going to be happy. <laughs> and you're going to be miserable and live two years longer than me. I'm going to be in heaven two years longer than you are. So <laughs> that's my opinion on the matter. doesn't mean it's the gospel, you know. It's uh, just my opinion. But the point is is we don't have to do things to earn it. We don't have to do a certain amount of things. I mean, where would the cutoff point be if I had to do this step, this step, this step, and this step to be healed? And likewise with salvation. Well, there never is a cutoff point. It never would end for you. And the Pharisees, Jesus dealt with the Pharisees a lot on these kind of things. They wanted to do all these works and these things to, to earn things in their life and to even wanted to impose that on other people to make them earn things in their life and they wanted to just make people miserable basically and that's the the lifestyle that that le it leads us to when we we think that we have to earn our healing and we have to be good enough for that and we have to um receive it any other way besides free gift you know there's some people in here that probably bought new cars y'all ever bought a new car before anybody i have and uh we've bought new cars in the past and made payments on it you know, we didn't have the money to pay for the whole thing at one time. And anyways, we make the payments on it and made the last payment. I have a pickup out here that I made the last payment on like four years ago. Something like that. It's paid for and all that. But you know how foolish it would be for me to keep going down to the dealership and making payments on that thing after I paid for it? It's been paid for for four years. How many of y'all would do that? That's what I thought. It don't even make sense in Texas to do that. It don't make sense to do that. It don't make sense in Oklahoma to do that. It don't even make Oklahoma sense to, to go make a payment on something that's paid for. And yet we do that in our spiritual life. We keep trying to earn it. 
and it's been paid for, and we keep trying to do this and to do that thing, and, and if I get this right in my life, well, maybe God will heal me, maybe God will do this for me, and maybe he'll do that for me. And I'm not saying that we should live ungodly lives and, and you know, get drunk all the time and, and do whatever you want to do. I highly recommend you live as holy as you can, but don't depend on that. Depend on God and what he's done for you and how he's paid for it. And it's not dependent on my, my goodness. And this is really easy for me to get because I've never been a really good person. I've always been kind of a heathen most of my life. And so this is simple for me, but for some of you, this could be difficult. So this is for, for you specifically that this is difficult for. But it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with in their life is trying to relate to God in a way of earning things and trying to get, you know, be good enough and be, be, uh, to be blessed. And it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen that way. Um, you're just going to be a miserable person and you're going to struggle with that. So those are the two things that I think there's probably many more. I'm sure you probably even have things that you've studied and found on your own, but those are the two things for me that are foundational for walking and healing and even ministering to people uh, to, to pray for people that I have those things in my mind when I'm praying for people for healing and things like that. So with those two things said, turn over to Luke chapter 4 and in verse 18. And for me, I think about healing. I think about the first thing that comes to mind is a sickness, a disease, a cancer, you know, things that are just kill people. You know, cancers kill people. Things like that kill people. And sicknesses kill people. And, and, but this, this particular one I want to talk about here in just a second, over here in Luke chapter 4 and in verse 18, is something that no doctor can fix. You know, if you ever, how many of you have allergies? You have allergies, you have things that you go through, and you can take some of that allergy medicine. I don't know what it is. We got a whole basket full of it in our house, and most of it's out of date. My wife says it don't hurt you, so I just take it anyways. But anyways, <laughs> it's, it's cheaper that way. That's what we buy out of date stuff. I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm not saying you should do that, but anyway, so I just take all this stuff when I have bad allergies and, you know, when I have whatever going on in my life, you know, if I have a cold, I get a lot of coughs in the wintertime. I don't, you know, I don't know why, but I do, and I'll just take some medicine for it, and I'll feel better, and I'll sleep better, and, you know, it's, it kind of helps me a little bit. I'm not against medicine at all, but this is something right here that I've, I've dealt with in my life, too, that I couldn't find a medicine to fix it, or even to soothe it, or even to, to make it feel a little better for a temporary time. But he said here in Luke chapter 4 and in verse 18, <clears throat> this is Jesus speaking, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent... There ain't, I don't know if I should say that. I'm not going to say that. We'll just keep going. <laughs> Jesus preached the gospel to the poor. He wasn't in it for the money. Anyway, I said it, so there it is. <laughs> he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus was sent to preach to the poor and to heal the brokenhearted. So he didn't have a bunch of money probably because he was preaching to the poor and they didn't have very good offerings most likely. And he said to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So I, I don't know if y'all ever had a broken heart or not, but I have. 
I've had a broken heart at least twice in my life that I can recall. And I couldn't find any remedy for it. You know, even your grandma's old cough medicine, it didn't, it didn't do nothing for me. And I tried it without the honey and lemon, too. And it didn't do anything for me. And we've all tried things in our life that, that trying to ease the pain because we have brokenness in our life. We have problems in our life. And I'm telling you, none of it will fix it. It might make you feel better for a few minutes, but a broken heart is not fixable by, by medicine or by, by anything. A doctor can't fix it. You could go to the doctor and have the best insurance in the world and go to the doctor once a week for two years, and two years later you'd probably still have a broken heart because they cannot fix it. So the first two things that I mentioned are very important when it comes to healing because there's some things that medicine can't fix and medicine will never be able to fix but Jesus can he can heal a broken heart because he said that's what he was sent here for to heal the brokenhearted and it, I've found out when I've had a broken heart that these other things right here too he said that to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord when I'm broken, all these other things are usually operating in my life, too. I'm, I'm captive. I'm usually, you know, I want to get away from everybody. I want to just isolate myself. And <clears throat> I'm kind of blind, too, in a, spiritually speaking. I can't see nothing good in my life anymore. And all I can see is the negative and the bad. And, and you know, it's not my personality. It's a, it's a brokenness in my life. And he said he'd come to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So... With me, when I've had brokenness in my own life, and in my own heart, it's caused me to say things, do things, go places, make decisions that I would have never made if I didn't have a broken heart. I would have never said that to that individual. I would have never went to that place. I would have never done a lot of things that I've done in my life if it wasn't for a, a broken heart. And I kind of seen a good picture of this Thursday night I went to the prison with my, my friend Lucas, and we go over there every now and then, and, and he lets me preach sometimes, and sometimes he preaches, and this time I, I was the one that, that preached this time, because I think he wasn't prepared or something, so he just threw it on me, is what happened, I think, but anyways, I wish he was here to hear that, but no, I'm kidding about that too, Lucas is my friend, but anyways, I went out there and I did it, so my friend from Atoka, I preached for him every now and then, and when I get to his church, he'll ask me, you know, is this, is this going to be a rerun? Is this a message you've already preached somewhere else? And I said, well, yeah, today is a rerun. This is something I've already done somewhere else. So this is a rerun for y'all. This is my fourth time this week to do this message. So this is a rerun. It's nothing new. But so I'll just let y'all know that. And anyways, this guy came up to me in the prison at the end after we talked about the, talked about the same thing here. And he said that uh, he had gotten strung out on drugs and his... I can't remember exactly what happened with his sister, if she had passed away or if they were just at odds with each other a long time ago. He was probably 25, 26 years old. And anyway, he said that, you know, the broken heart led him to get on drugs and led him to, you know, even to prison now. He's now in prison for, for however long. And I'm saying that story to say that, that a broken heart will lead you down roads that you don't want to go down. And it'll make you make decisions that you don't want to make, that you would never again make 
in a normal frame of mind. And, but the good thing about it is that Jesus was sent to heal your broken heart. And you don't have to leave here even today to, with a broken heart. You can be healed of that today. You can be healed of any sickness you, that, that is plaguing you, that is bothering you. God can take it from you. And it is his will. And it's paid for. And he wants to do it. And those are things that, that I, again, I've just dealt with in my own life. That the broken heart is just, it just seems like it's never going to end. If you've ever had this experience this in your life, in the moment, it seems like, well, this is just the way it's going to be the rest of my life. You can't see past it. You can't see past the brokenness. You can't see past the hurt and the pain. And I'm telling you, you can be set free from that. You don't have to live like that. It's not how it's going to be for the rest of your life. It doesn't have to be. It could be. You know, there's people that do carry that with them for their whole life, but it, it doesn't have to be. And again, because Jesus said he came to set the captives free and to heal the brokenhearted. And that is a... Uh, I think that's something that's even overlooked by people that, that need healing in their life. They, they try to do certain things, and they think about, again, sicknesses that is healing is when God heals you, but he also heals you spiritually. And he can heal your heart, and he can heal your emotions. And he can. I don't have very many emotions for him to heal, but some of you have a lot of emotions, a whole lot of emotions. And so it don't take him long to heal my emotions because there's just a few of them. But he can heal all that stuff. And he can, he can do that. It's not just physical healing that he does in your life. He can, he can heal you in every way possible. So turn over to Luke chapter 13. And we're going to move on here to some, a lot of it's in Luke here. I don't know why I keep shutting my Bible, but it'd been easier on me to just leave it open. Luke chapter 13. And this is another story that Jesus talking about here that this is in Luke 13, 10 through 17. 13. Let me get over there. Y'all probably already there. So I'm going to start in verse 10 with this story, and this is Jesus healing this lady. It said, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. So this lady... She most likely tried to raise herself up. I mean, it says she couldn't, so she, that means she tried sometime down the road to raise herself up. So she couldn't do anything about this problem that she had. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid ha his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But here, here, here's what happens next. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. That blows my mind that somebody would say that. That somebody could be set free from something that had been going through for 18 years, and then somebody comes along and says, You shouldn't have done it on that day. You should have waited till Monday, or Friday, or whatever day. And we have these formulas in our mind and I say we I'm talking about me that God has to heal certain ways and you know certain times you know if I go to this place I'll probably get healed or whatever the case is we all have these formulas that we've that we've made in our Christian walk and some are good and some are just as dumb as this one 
that they don't work. It don't even make sense. It doesn't even, it don't make sense. It don't work. And these people were, were some, I suspect they were some, some mean people, um, most likely. And he said, the Lord answered them and said, this is my favorite part of probably the whole Bible. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite. I think he said it about like that. That's about as mean as I can get. But uh, Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? And he didn't say, you know, come back Monday through Friday. Those are my office hours. And we'll, we'll pray for you Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 p.m. And if you're not healed on those days, sorry about you. You know, you should have you came, should have made time to come. Jesus ain't like that. He don't have all these rules and all these regulations, how he's going to do things. He healed people a bunch of different ways. One time he spit in this guy's eyes and threw mud in his eyes. I mean, that'd be offensive to me. I mean, if you come and spit my eye, I probably wouldn't get healed. I'd probably get mad. And he, he had all kinds of ways of healing people. And I don't think we can just be zoned in on one way of God healing us. And I think that's what these people were. They were looking at a certain day. But I think I look at certain ways of healing. You know, I look at maybe somebody laying hands on me. There's nothing wrong with that. That's biblical. Or I look at whatever... And I think that's the only way I want to get healed is somebody lays hands on me. Or if the only way I'm going to get healed is if I, if I do this, this, and that right and live completely holy and do all these things. And it's just not necessary. It's not necessary to have everything lined up to be healed by God. It's, it's just not, it's not there. And Jesus knew that. These people didn't know it. These people in the, in the synagogue, and they were super holy people. They did things right down to the to the T and they did everything correct and, and properly and yet Jesus didn't follow their rules. He didn't follow all of their ways and their customs and he didn't just go by. He didn't care what they thought either. How of y'all care what people think sometimes? You know, if you're in Walmart, let's bring it to present day or Home Depot or wherever you shop and you went in there and you felt led to pray for somebody but it was at Home Depot. We don't pray for people at Home Depot or Walmart. I mean, we only do that at church. And it's the same thing as these people were dealing with, is God might lead you to pray for somebody in the grocery store line and, or at Walmart or Home Depot or at work or wherever, and it don't fit into our formula, so we don't do it sometimes. One time, I went, there's this guy, he, this is one of the only times this has happened to me, but he... Uh, <clears throat> was delivering some material to us, some, some lime dust. And it's real dusty when they're unloading it. You have to wear a mask, and even if you wear a mask, it don't even really help. Anyways, he was unloading it, and I was just sitting there watching him unload it, and I just felt led to go talk to him. He was probably about 20, 22 at the time. So anyway, I climbed up on the side of a semi, and I was hanging on to a semi and all this dust while he was backing up, going forward and backing up, unloading this. And I just asked him if he was a Christian. He said, no, but I've been thinking about it. So anyways, I led him to the Lord, and we wasn't at church. It didn't happen at church. It didn't happen. You know, I hadn't prayed and fasted for the last six months either. Most likely I had a bad thought that morning, you know, or did something stupid the day before. And who knows what I had done that day. Like I said, most of my life I've, I've, I've not been a very, you know, I've been anyways. We won't go there. But 
it's, it's not about you. Being healed isn't about you. It's not about, you know, getting saved isn't about you and about your, your good works and what, what have I done. When it becomes about you, it kills the whole thing. It just, that kills faith. That kills uh, anything in your spiritual walk. And I'm not saying that story to brag on myself. I'm just saying that I wasn't at church. And, you know, I've probably led a few people to the Lord at church. But most of them have been out there like that or at prison or not when I was, I wasn't living in prison, but I was, I was just visiting to, to preach there. Um, they never did get me on that. But I've done plenty of things to go. They just never caught me. But this guy, he, Jesus, he didn't have formulas. He didn't have certain ways of doing things. He just... You might even say, this might be taking a little too much liberty, he kind of went with the flow. He kind of just, you know, he was walking down the road, prayed for somebody, went on to his place that he was headed to, and he, he's not complicated like me and like you sometimes. He's, he's not making it hard. And it's, I think we've made it difficult and diff- made it hard in our lives to, to receive healing when it's not really that way. And I want to read to you a couple more scriptures. It is July 4th weekend. I won't. You know, I'll let you out early. I don't know what time Gabe lets you out, but there's a clock ticking back there that doesn't say I can read two more scriptures. But I'm going to read to you Matthew 8, chapter 13. And this one is, uh, is something I think people deal with, too, in receiving healing. Matthew 8, 13. And I got off last service. I don't think this is the wrong scripture, but... If it is, we'll figure it out. Matthew 8, 13. Is that what I said? Matthew 8, 13. All right. All right, I'm going to back up to Matthew 8, 5. The beginning of this, this text here. And by the way, here's a disclaimer. So I gave them notes. If I'm not following them, it's not their fault. It's my fault because I'm not, I'm not a very good rule follower. So I had it all wrote out. and I just... I'm just not wired that way. I can't follow a script anyways. So that's not their fault. If something's been off up there, it's mine. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 says this. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Here he is. He's just telling him, I'm going to come do it. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. How have you ever had that feeling before? You didn't feel like he was worthy. And that goes back to the beginning of our, the message that I felt like I had to earn it. I felt like I had to do this. I felt like I had to do that. And that makes us feel unworthy sometimes and feel like, well, who am I for God to heal? Who am I for God to use to do this or do that? You know, his, the gifts of God are, are without repentance. And I think it's in Romans eleven twenty nine that or they're irrevocable. Some translations say that, that it, it's not really about you, again, that it's not about my goodness and the things that I've done and the things that I should have done. And I'll tell you a quick story about feeling unworthy. So I started this job about a year and a half ago, and they, all about six months ago, let me see, our safety man comes to church here, so I'm going to see if he's here before I tell this story. But he's not here today. He must be out on July 4th. So I'm going to tell this story, and hopefully he don't see it. But anyways, 
they asked me to start training these truck drivers. And I, the first thought I had, I thought, well, they didn't talk to my former employer. They wouldn't be asking me to train truck drivers. <laughs> and because I, I was working for this other guy before this job, and in seven months, I worked for him for seven months, and this will probably, none of you will ever hire me to be a truck driver after this story, but that's okay. Um, anyways, I was turning this Walmart parking lot, and this car, I ran my trailer up on his fender and probably scared him to death. Anyways, I pulled in there, we did our whole thing with the cops and all this stuff. And then this other guy, well, I put some chains in this, this toolbox. It was, wasn't heavy enough to put the chains in. So I was driving down the road, and I hit a bump and jerked this toolbox off my trailer, and I drug it about three miles before I realized I was dragging it. And I drug chains and straps about three miles down the road. And anyway, I made a turn, and I seen that toolbox, and I said, oh, man, I <laughs> ripped that toolbox off. So I stopped and called my boss, and he, he came, and we got it fixed. And then I was turning to this place in Shreveport, delivering a, a machine. <laughs> this is all in seven months. And there's this hay rack on the front of my trailer, and I was making this tight turn, and I cleared everything, but my hay rack caught this pole. And this guy came out, and he was mad at me about that. And he wasn't very pleased with me. And then there was one other, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I was backing into this. Uh, this is, again, all in seven months. I was backing under this tree to unload a load of fertilizer. I was, used to haul liquid fertilizer. And I sh no, I pulled in front of it, and I should have backed in under it. And I pulled under it, and my stack on my truck caught a limb, and it bent it over. And anyways, so then they asked me to train these truck drivers. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, I don't think I'm the one for that job. I don't think I'm worthy of that. Because I've made, you don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know the money I've cost this former employer. And he was a very gracious guy, a nice guy. He didn't even get mad at me. And that's what we do, though. We mess up. We make mistakes in our life. That's a lot of mistakes, by the way, in seven months. But you know, you've made more than that, probably, in less time. And it makes you feel unworthy. It makes you feel like, man, I can't receive from God because I've done drugs I've done been to prison whatever it is you know and that's not the case with God God's not that way we have to get that out of our mind we have to get that out of our heart even yeah. that it's not about me again you know and I can't let unworthiness stop me from helping other people and even though I may not be the best truck driver in the world and that's okay because I'm not I don't care about that anyways but I can still help people I mean, I've made enough mistakes. I can say, hey, don't back, don't pull in a Walmart parking lot and run your trailer up over somebody's SUV. You know, don't pull forward under the tree and you could back under it. I can tell them all these things now that I've learned because I've learned from mistakes. And instead of letting your mistakes stop you from helping people, use those mistakes. Again, Romans 8, 28. He makes all these things work together for my good. He's going to use it somewhere down the road. And he's going to use you to, to bring healing to people and to touch people's lives, not because you're worthy, but because you learned some things along the road. And you made some mistakes, and he'll use those mistakes to help others and to, to see other people set free. And I think that is something, a big hurdle, even in my own life, is feeling unworthy and feeling like I'm, you know, I don't measure up and I don't, not, you know, I'm not articulate enough. I'm not cool enough. You know, I've never been popular my whole life, uh, even in high school. And we just had a 20-year reunion the other day. None of them people are popular anymore either, I found out. 
Uh, so it don't even matter. 20 years from now, it's not going to matter. They're not popular anymore. They're just like me. They all have, you know, overweight and gray hair and all this stuff. And we're all on the same playing field. Nobody's better than you, and I'm not better than anybody. And, but that'll cause you to feel unworthy when you, when you look at things in the natural, when you look at your mistakes and your failures and, and whatever it is. Because Romans uh, 3.20-something I don't know where it's at in Romans, but uh, we've all sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Just read the whole book of Romans. It's in there. (laughs) And we've all done it. Everybody's sinned. I mean, I've probably sinned more than most of you, but we've all done it at least once. I mean, some of you are thinking right now you haven't sinned. That's a sin. You're lying to yourself. (laughs) So we've all sinned and we've all committed sins. Those things aren't relevant to receiving healing or receiving anything from God it's it's something that we have to it's a it's a big hurdle it's hard to get over that and it's hard to to not let those things stop me from moving forward things that I've done and mistakes that I've made in my life and but we have to and I want to read to you one more scripture as the worship team comes back and this is in Matthew 10 8 and this is in some translations it says the Great Commission, uh, and some of them say different things, but this is what people would typically call the Great Commission if you've been in church for any period of time. That's what typically I've heard it called. And this is Jesus sending out his 12 disciples, and this is in Matthew 10, 5. He said, These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here's what he said, too. He said, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So he gave you healing for free. And he he cleansed lepers for free. He didn't charge them. You know, he wasn't... Jesus wasn't sitting at this little table saying, all right, if you want to get healed, come put 50 cents in the jar. You know, back then, 50 cents would have been a lot of money. And, or whatever. He didn't do that. He gave it to us for free. And he says here that after I've, he says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. So until I realize that this is given to me for free, that I don't have to pay for it, I don't have to earn it. I don't have to earn my salvation. I don't have to earn my healing. I'll never be able to give it to you because I'm thinking I have to earn it. So now I'm going to think that you have to earn it because that's what I did. I earned it. I did all the things right. I ate right. You know, I did all the things correct. And here I am proud of myself because I've done everything right. And that's not how you get it. It's free. It's one of the few things in life that you'll get. You know, the old saying is there's nothing in life for free. Well, this is one of the few things that is free, and it's, it's free from God. He gives this to us. It's a gift, but then he says to, to y'all can go ahead whenever y'all's ready. He says that he uh, freely gave it to you, so he wants you to give it away also. So healing isn't just, so I need to get my broken heart healed, so now that I can go help you get your broken heart healed, and help you get whatever you need in your life, it's not just so I can be happy and merry and, and go about my life. It's so I can help others too. And 
we always have to keep the focus off of our, ourselves and our needs when we're, when we're seeking God. And he says to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. And that's how we have to approach the kingdom of God and God is it not being about me and it being about others and it being about um, seeking God so that I could be a blessing to others. But notice what he didn't say here. He didn't say, and as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He didn't say pray for the sick. He didn't say pray for the lepers. He didn't say pray for the dead. And he didn't say pray for demons to please leave. You know, he didn't say, could you imagine going and asking for a demon? Hey, demon, could you, could you kind of leave, please, pretty please? We don't really want you around here. That don't work with demons. And it don't work with sickness either. He said to cast it out. He said to make it go away. Don't pray about it for six months. That's fine if you need to do that. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying he didn't. The Great Commission was not to pray for those things. It was to do them. To be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And that's what the Great Commission is. And, but we can't do that, in, of course, until we receive it from God for ourselves. And, again, that was all for me. And I'm glad y'all got to be here to listen to it. But that's something that has helped me in my own life and I hope it helped you today but what I want to focus on today as the prayer team comes up here in a minute and as we spend time in worship and prayer that if you specifically have a, a feeling of unworthiness or a feeling of a, a broken heart you don't feel like man this will never change um, I want you to respond today to the prayer team or if you have anything else, that's fine, too. I'm not saying you can't respond. But I'm just saying those two specific things, I really want to urge you to, to respond to that today. So as the worship team starts this song and the prayer team comes forward, keep that on your mind that, that you can walk out of here differently today. You can walk out of here differently than what you came in. Amen. Y'all receive that? All right. Be blessed.